Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Not too long ago, you know, when we were getting all that rain, I, don't, I think it was in May sometime, I was asked to go tag some calves for a local farmer, and, um... <laughs> And no, not really. I was asked to tag calves, and you know, it, it, I'm not from here. I've been here about four years, and I've done a lot of day working. But you know, it hasn't really been for a. It's been a lot of day working, but not for a lot of different people. It's just kind of been, you know, started off here, and then gone to here, and then gone to here, and then gradually it's getting it's getting more. But whenever you go to an outfit for the very first time. You're always a little bit nervous because you get up here and you tell cowboy stories about this and that, and usually I'm okay because I just tell you all of the wreck stories, so they just they're pretty much expecting a wreck. And so, but I, I remember getting out there that day and, and I, I unload my my horse, and, and this is in the afternoon, and so I get Fiona all cinched up, tightened up, and all of that, and get ready to go, and and this other truck pulls up with the two cowboys pile out of it, and then. We're waiting on another guy, and he's a, man, he's a pretty much top hand from what I can tell. He pulls up, and so we, we go out there, and, I, and I'm just a little bit nervous because I'm not a roper, number one, and I'm definitely not a calf roper, okay? I mean, if you've never tried to tag a, a two-week-old calf out in the pasture, just go out there and find you a bumblebee in a 100-mile-an-hour wind and try to catch it. That's about what it's like roping these calves. And so I got out there, and I missed a few times. And it's kind of like a football game. You know, once you get hit, you know, you're okay. And once I got my first 10 or 12 misses in a row, you know, I was pretty much just, okay, now I'm going to look great the next time I catch. And so, you know, I, I caught a few of them. And not very many, but I caught a few. And so we kind of made it back to this back part. And um, by now, we are kind of all spread apart and, you know, we're going, I'm going after one here and going after one here and going after one here. And so I'm, we're getting kind of towards the end, and I find this one little booger that I can't catch, that nobody's been able to catch. And so I kind of sneak up on it, and God gifted me because in the corner of this, I don't know why it's there. There's probably a great reason. But there was an open, looked like a wire gate, and then there was three panels just made a nice little catch pin, and that calf went right in that little pin. Him and about two other calves and a couple of cows. And, and maybe it was a little longer than that, so I just sat in there, and I just let those uh, cattle that I didn't want, I let them go by, and when he tried to get out, I'd just side pass Fiona over, and he'd kind of go back the other way, and I'd side pass and let a few more out until it was just him. And then it was, I pulled a, a paniola. That, now, that's a, that's a Hawaiian cowboy. When they rope calves, they don't even let go of their loop. They just sluke it, you know, throw it down there, and if it catches, then they let go and dally and stuff, but they don't let go of their loop. I did that on him. He come by, and I just kind of threw my loop out there, and when I knew it was on there, then I jerked the slack. And I didn't, I didn't, I might have not meant to have let him go way out there in the pasture where it looked like I roped him out in the pasture. That's just what happened. If they assumed something, that's not my fault, Okay. And so anyway, they come riding up with the tag and stuff, and they're like, oh, you finally caught him. I was like, yep, yep, finally tracked him down. But there was this guy, one of the guys that pulled up. And, you know, whenever he pulled up, he, he got out, and, and I walked over there, and I shook his hand. He introduced himself. I introduced myself. You know, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Met the guy that was with him. And, you know, I, I like the guy from the start. He just, you know, there's just something about these old cowboys that, 
They just got a way, and when you work with them, it, it just kind of creates a bond, even if it's the first time you, you've met them, you know. To truly know him, man, you got to ride with him. And so I got to know this guy, but when I introduced him myself, I knew right away he didn't know who I was. And mainly, and not that I care, as a matter of fact, it's the opposite that I care about. He didn't know I was a preacher. And that was very evident because of his language that he used, the stories that are told, the jokes that were told. I mean, it was just, it was pretty rank, which is just normal for what I'm used to. I mean, I, I come from that background. You, you cannot make me blush. Well, my wife can make me blush. But besides her, you know, if you're a man, you probably can't make me blush. And anyway, so I worked with him that day, and then I worked with him another day again. And, and I mean, I rode with him and liked him. We visited. We laughed. We joked. We, we helped each other out. Well, later on, he asked the rancher, he goes, so who is that old boy? And he's like, oh, that's Kevin Weatherby. He's like, oh, what does he do? And he said, he's a local cowboy preacher, and the, the blood just drains out of his face. He's like, oh, man, I wish you'd have told me. Of course, you know, this rancher, he loves to see a good, a good wreck also, so he's not going to say it. He's not going to go, hey, you know you're talking to a cowboy? He's just waiting for the right moment. I knew, I knew it. He was just waiting on that moment. You know, would it have changed the way he'd acted if he would have known who I was? Probably, probably. If you really knew who God was, would it change the way you act? Probably. And I think that that's a, uh, you know, we're, we're in a series called Better and Better. Um, we're learning how to please God based on Paul's letter to the Colossians. And in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, it says this, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have stopped, we have not stopped praying for you. This is Paul talking to the church at Coloss, Colossus or Col over there. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Now, I want you to understand there was knowledge of His will through the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Those are going to come into play in just a second. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. Now, I don't know about you, but that's kind of high on my priority list, okay, to so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. Bearing fruit in every good work. We talked about that last week. If you missed last week on bearing good fruit, you can go back, you can listen to our podcast. It's available at the bottom of the, uh, the page on savecowboy.com or you can use your iPhone to subscribe to that or you can go back to our live stream page and uh, watch that better and better last week where we talked about bearing good fruit. Bearing good fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. That's what we're going to talk about today. Growing in the knowledge of God so that we may learn, we may live a life that is worthy of the Lord and please Him in every single way. Man, I, I don't know of a greater goal for a Christian than to do that right there. Now, I told you that wisdom and understanding and knowledge, those three words, they're kind of central to this series. Wisdom is knowing something, okay? You can know something without doing it, okay? Um, I know how to make my horse buck. I usually don't do that. So you can know something without doing it. You can have wisdom without applying it. Understanding is applying what you know, okay? You can, but you can also be doing something without knowing why. You know, we're, we're going to talk about uh, something in a minute, something that nearly every Christian is kind of raised with. And, and, and you know what? You don't even know why you were doing it. So just because you have wisdom, understanding is applying what you know, but a lot of times we have understanding, we do something and we may not even know why. Knowledge 
is the combination of the both. Is wisdom, knowing something, understanding, doing it. Knowledge is combining the two. So, uh, today we're going to learn how to grow in the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding combined of who God is. In Matthew chapter 6, you don't have to turn there if you don't want to. If you've always kind of wondered where it is, you know, it's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13, is a famous prayer that Jesus gave, okay? He said, okay, now, when he, whenever y'all get ready to pray, he said, pray like this. This is what he says. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know, most of us, that you, what do we usually say right there? Trespasses, right? Why? Do you know it's not in, in any, not even in the King James Version does it say trespasses? Do you know why you say trespasses? I didn't know. I looked at it because that's the way I've always, that's the way I was taught it. You know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I looked on BibleGateway.com at every modern, even the King James 1611 version, no modern translation has trespasses. Here's why. Remember I said that you may have understanding, you may do something without knowing why? Here's why. They are from the Book of Common Prayer from the year 1549. The Book of Common Prayer listed it as, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It is not, even in the 1611 when the King James Version came out, the translators used debts and debtors. Okay? Um, the, that was actually taken from the Tyndale Bible from 1549, this book of common prayer. And so that's just a little nugget of wisdom because I know that's kind of hard to understand. How can you do something? You're saying that wisdom is knowing something. You're saying that understanding is applying it. How can you apply something that you don't even know? Well, you've been applying trespasses, and it's not in any modern Bible, yet that's what all of us say. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is Jesus praying. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. A lot of people know that. If you don't, don't worry about it. We've all been saying it wrong the whole time anyway. So, you know, I mean, what does it matter, right? But in this right here, we're talking today about living a life worthy and pleasing to God. And Paul says you do that by living a life that bears good fruit. We talked about that last week. And this week, growing in the knowledge of God. What is there in the Lord's Prayer that teaches us something about God? Well, embedded in there... Sometimes outright, sometimes kind of, of uh, I don't want to say assumed, but alluded to in there is five characteristics of who God is. What would be your first description? If I walked up to you and said, who is God? What would you say? Who would you say God is? Would you say that, oh, he's this all-powerful being, you know, that, that, that made everything? Would you, would you say... Um, well, yeah, he, he's this dude that you know he's he's got a lightning bolt and he's just waiting for you to mess up. You know, a lot of a lot of a lot of dominations. That's what I like to call them dominations. A lot of dominations like to teach you that that God's just waiting for you to mess up so He can smite you. Who is God to you? If I ask you, who is God? What would you say? Are y'all paying attention back there? Not really. I, I got on to about four adults back there because I told them they were acting like the youth group that I belonged to whenever I was a kid. I was going to make them come sit up front. They tried to be funny, so I was going to call them out. Not really. Who, who, who is God? Who is God? He's an all-powerful being, being somebody that you don't want to make mad, 
Um, is, is it a genie in a bottle? Oh, he's this great guy that you can ask him for anything in Jesus' name, he's going to give it to you. But he's like a vending machine that takes credit cards that never comes out of your account. It's great. Is he a, is he a banker? Oh, yeah, God's great. He just he wants me to have abundance. He wants me to have that new living quartered horse trailer and that and that Buck Brandeman diesel, what do you call that, motor home. We got to get one of those go to the Zeropens in. If you'd like to donate your big, you know, $350 million motor home, we'll take it. We'll write you a donation receipt today. Is he a healer? I mean, you know, do we only go to him when he's, pro- when, is he our problem solver? Who is God to you? What about if we started doing what Jesus said? I mean, Jesus is so plain all the time in his teaching that it just goes right over our head. Because he says, when you pray, pray like this. And he's teaching us about who God is. And what is the very first words that he says? Our Father. Our Father. Isn't that, I mean, who is God to you? Jesus is telling us right here, before you... Before you think of God in any other way, you need to know that He is our Father. He is... I lost my place. Where am I? Oh, oh yeah, there we go. So Jesus is our dad. We, we need to know Him just like that. And, and Jesus continues to teach about how God is a loving Father in, in, in a parable called the prodigal son. Now, if you, I'm not going to go into it, but it's about this... I, I just I put everything in ranching terms because that's what I understand in cowboy terms. And it's this like you know young rancher's son who's got everything, but he 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 doesn't want everything on the ranch anymore. He wants to go out, and he's like, hey man, give me my inheritance now. So he goes out and he wasted it at uh, at bad places. He gets drunk, goes to them type of bars that you ain't supposed to go to, and he he just wastes everything. Before too long, he finds himself literally in a pig pen. Wishing that he ate as well as the pigs ate. That's how low he had gone. So he goes back to his dad and he wants to beg his dad just to become the lowest of the servants on the ranch because he knows he's done wrong. But yet what the dad does, the dad wraps him in his arms and gives him back everything, more than he thought he had in the beginning. Because, see, he had all of that in the beginning. He just didn't know it. I really don't like it that that story is called the prodigal son because I think it should be the story of the loving father. Because that's who God is to us. What can we learn from Jesus? Every single time he prays, he talks about my father, our father who is in heaven. When I ask you who God is, when you start thinking about God, I need you to put him in reference not to that man that raised you because Joseph raised Jesus. But when Jesus said, our Father, he wasn't talking about Joseph. He was talking about God. The second thing that Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, as we like to call it, he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, what is implied there? If, if, If Jesus said, thy kingdom come, if he has a kingdom, what does that make him? Makes him a king, does it not? If a person has a kingdom and everyone does what he says, then what type of person is he? He's a king. God is our king. You know, here's a sad fact, and and you might remember this from the Promised Land series. You know what? We were made to be ruled. Now, that that doesn't sit well with a lot of cowboys. Well, ain't nobody going to rule me. Right there, your pride rules you. I mean, you're, you're done right there. In your first argument, in your first five words, you've already said who your ruler is. We were made to be ruled. We are going to serve something or someone, but God is the only ruler that gives us truly a choice of whether or not we serve Him. He gave us free will. And He says, I want to be your ruler. I want to be your king, but I'm not going to make you. You have to choose me. That's the one thing. 
You have to choose me. I'm not going to make you. I can make robots that just, you know, remote-controlled robots. He says, I don't want that. I want you to choose me. He says, I want to be your ruler. And in, in God's kingdom, we are provided for, we are healed, we are loved. We're only limited by what God can do, and he is limitless. I mean, think about that. He wants to be our king, and he says, if you come into my kingdom, this is what you're going to do. And, and, it, and there's not one bad thing except that you may be persecuted for being in his kingdom because people don't like uh, you know, th this world that's ruled by the devil right now. They don't like Christians, and they're going to make fun of you. You may lose some friends being in this kingdom, but besides being persecuted and maybe even losing your life, which people think that's the worst thing that can happen, but what's weird is in heaven, that's the best thing that can happen. The martyrs are, they are the heroes in heaven. So even, you know, people say, how did God let him, that happen to that missionary? Man, that missionary, man, he's, he just gained like nine million spots by dying for his faith. But in our kingdom, I, and I said, we're, we're made to be ruled. Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants to be our king, but in our own kingdoms, we are provided for by what the world says we can have. I mean, think about that. You may have a million dollars in the bank, but if something bad were to happen and the U.S. were to fall and the banks collapsed, how much money would you have? <laughs> you think you have all that? You may not have as much as what you think you have. In our kingdom, in the world's kingdom, we are provided for by what the world says we can have. We are sick in the diseases of our own desires with only band-aid treatments of drugs and wishes. And I'm not saying I, I love modern medicine. They can do a lot for us. They can't heal our hearts like God can. You can't take a pill and receive eternal life. We are manipulated in our own kingdoms into acting certain ways. You're manipulated every single day by the media. Every time you watch TV or every time you turn on the radio, there's these ads trying to manipulate you into doing something or acting in a certain way or thinking a certain way. You know, there's a great big difference between love and manipulation. Me and my wife, you know, love is, is purely selfless. It's only giving. Manipulation is whenever you do or say something or not say something or not do something so that some, you'll get a reaction out of somebody. You know, now, whenever I say I love you to my wife, she can't say I love you too. Because, see, a lot of times people go, I love you, and if the other person doesn't say it back, what do they say? You know? So now what we do is when I say I love you, she says thank you because I was giving her a gift. I did not say that to her so that she would respond. That's manipulation, okay? There's a big difference. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God is our king. We need to think of him as that. He's our father. He's our king. The, second, the third thing is, it says, give us this day our daily bread. What can we infer from that? He is our provider, we must acknowledge that everything comes from God or that nothing does. Even the breath you just took, that last one just right there, was that from you or was that from God? We either have to say everything comes from God or we have to acknowledge that, that nothing comes from it, that it's either chance or our own doing. To prove just how little faith most of us have, have you ever considered what your reaction to having just enough food for today would be? If you only had food for you and your spouse and your kids, if you're married, or just you, or whatever your situation is, I don't care. If you just had enough food for today, would you feel blessed? You would be. That's how Jesus took care, or Jesus, that's how God took care of the Israelites in the desert for 40 years. On every day, except one, 
They only had food enough for one day. If they tried to hoard something, it spoiled. Give us this day our daily bread. God is our provider. He may not provide. Does it take more faith to live on one day or to live on 100 days? Most of us got enough canned, good, canned goods. See, that's a double O. You have to say goods. Canned goods. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that from now on. The good book. Y'all turn in your good books. <laughs> anyway, uh... You know, they got these preppers, right? These preppers, they got like, you know, 50 million ammo rounds and, you know, 9,000 canned goods and all that stuff. Give us this day our daily bread. God is our provider. Forgive us our debts or forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. God is our forgiver. You know, and that's a little, we're getting a little bit churchy there, aren't we, when we say forgiver? I don't even know if that's actually a word, but forgiver. I like to call him my unloader, my unloader. God is the only place to find forgiveness for ourselves and the source for forgiveness of others. And I'll get into unloader in just a second. And the fifth thing, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus is describing his father. This whole Lord's Prayer has been a talk with his dad. God is our leader and deliverer. Deliverer? I don't know how many R's are in there, but just however many you need to put in there. Some of you, it might be like a bunch of them. Er, 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 er. God is our deliverer and our savior. Or... He is our guide in the darkness. He's the only one that knows the way. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. You've got to follow that guide. And he's not going to lead you into temptation. God is never going to say, hey, man, you come over here. How do you like this? Yeah. He's not going to do that. God's not going to tempt you. And a lot of people say that God's not going to give you anything more than you can handle bull crap. That is such crud. Where that comes from is it says God will not allow any temptation to come upon you that he will not give you a way out of. And sometimes the way out is to shut your eyes and run. I've had horses do that, but I've done it more often on the horses. Just shut my eyes and kick. You know, that's, that's all you can do sometimes. God won't give you anything more than he can handle. That's the way that should be said. All of this is wisdom. Everything that I just told you, these five things, the father, the king, the provider, the unloader, and the guide, that's wisdom. I just... I, I hopefully, maybe, I taught you something. Even if it was just deliverer and how to say good book, it doesn't matter. Hopefully, you learned something. How do we apply that? How do we put these to use in our daily lives? How can we put what we have learned, wisdom, into practice, which is understanding, so that now we can say that we have knowledge? Because isn't that what we're trying to do? Because Colossians 1 says, God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Okay? So here we go. This is the end. If you're getting hot, it's okay. You'll survive. Is there any flies out there? If you put fly spray on, can we, can we spray ourselves with fly spray? That may, Sherilyn, let's get some fly spray in little personalized bottles. Just spray it down. Keep the flies off of you. Anyway, Father, how can we put these, you know, who are you? Now, I ask, who is God? But I'm going to turn that question around. Who are you? Are you known by your name? Oh, that's Kevin Weatherby. I was introduced as Kevin Weatherby, but they didn't really know who I was. But then again, just because they say this is the preacher, there's a lot of assumptions that go in there because I'm not your typical preacher. And so you may not even know them. Just, just a name alone doesn't do it. Just an occupation alone doesn't do it. You know, where, where are you from? Well, I'm from Texas, and, and that pretty much says it all. But, I mean, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a bad, uh, that's kind of a sore subject with my... With my buddy. And um, do you get up in the morning and tell yourself, I am Kevin Weatherby. I'm a preacher. I'm from Texas. No, I don't say any of that. You know who I am? 
what I'm most proud of, what I want to be described as, if God is my Father, who am I? I'm a son of God. How would that change your outlook on situations? When you woke up and you said to yourself, I am a son of God, or I am a daughter of God. My dad is everything. My dad is limitless. My dad is forever. Anything can be accomplished by my dad. Would it change your situation, your outlook on a situation? How does it change your prayers whenever you go to God as a dad? God wants you to talk to him just like you would talk to your dad. Well, maybe not some of you, but you get what I'm saying. He is a loving father, and he wants us to treat him as such. How does that change what you do? I mean, if you were the heir to a ranch on a thousand hills, would that change what you did in life? Would it change how you acted? Would it change how you prayed? I think so. So if you want to know how to apply God being a father... Start thinking of yourself as the son of God, the daughter of God, because that's who you are. God is a king. If God is our king, then we we are his soldiers in a foreign country. As soldiers, we have responsibility. I mean, the king sends out his knights to protect his realm. That's what we are. I told a young man one day, I said, do you know what I am as a Christian? He said, what? And I said, I'm a bad mammer jammer. I'm a green beret on the other side of enemy lines trying to rescue people for God. Now, I'm not equating myself with anybody in the military. Thank y'all for your service. I'm nowhere near what y'all are. It was just an illustration, okay? But that's who we are in heaven. We are sent to rescue people that are in darkness, that are living in sin, that are hurt, that are downcast, that are oppressed. That's what we are here for. God is our king and we are his knights. God is our provider. You can provide for yourself or you can let God provide for you. Take your pick. Jesus said, you can serve, a man cannot serve two masters. You'll either serve God or serve money, not both. But that same illustration applies to anything. He said first, he was just making an illustration after what he said. You cannot serve two masters. You can provide for yourself or you can let God provide for you. You can live and work for yourself or for God, not both. You know, since I started Save the Cowboy, following God's lead, this has all been him, not me, I've never made this little amount of money, but I've never had so much. I've never made this little of money and never had so much. I used to make a lot of money, but I didn't have anything. And I'm not talking about material possessions. I'm talking about who I am, the friends I have, the the fulfillment in my life. Maybe that's what's holding you back from having a lot. And I'm not talking about the, the motor homes or the horse trailers or the new horses. I'm talking about who you are inside. Maybe you've been trying to provide that for yourself. Maybe it's time you need to give up and give it to God. God is our Father. He is our King. He is our provider. Just lost my place again. He is our unloader. You know, and and I told you that there'd be a little bit more on that later. God releases you from burdens. He does not pile it on. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Sin weighs us down. It keeps us from flying. And in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, I'm just going to read this. We're not going to go over it. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give is light. If you're feeling weighed down, it's not because you're following God. It's because you're trying to do everything on your own. He wants to unload everything off of you. He is our unloader. And the last thing he is, he's our guide. Only God can show you the way to your dreams and what will fulfill you. You know that person that you always dreamed to be in when you were a little kid? You had kind of a, a, a mental picture of, of what you wanted your life to be like. Only God can provide that for you. Only God can show you the way to your dreams and what will fulfill you. And he does it one step at a time. 
Psalm 119, 105 says this, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Now you have to think of that they didn't have you know million candle power spotlights and street lights back in Jesus' day or David's age. They had little oil lamps. Now when it's pitch dark outside, how, how far do you think that little oil lamp shines? Probably about this far. That's all God's going to show you. And if, you are, if you're starting to nod off, or maybe you're just waking up, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. But listen to this right here. God doesn't guide us by showing us where we will be in one month or 10 or 20 years from now. God does not show us where we will be one month, a year from now, 10 years from now, 20 years now, 30 years from now. He shows us what we must do today to get us where we where he wants us to be tomorrow. Let me say that one more time. If, if you didn't remember, if everything up to this point has been blah, 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 good book, blah, 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 listen to this part. God shows us what we must do today to get us where he wants us to be tomorrow. So quit worrying about what God wants you to do later on. You just focus on what God wants you to do today. Listen for him. Talk to him as you're going throughout every single day. God, what do you want from me right now? What do you want from me right now? The Bible says, do everything as if unto the Lord. You do not know how much that little application right there will completely change your entire life. Wisdom is knowing that God is our Father, King, Provider, Unloader, and Guide. All from the Lord's Prayer. I hope that you never listen or say the Lord's Prayer again without thinking Him as our Father, our King, our Provider, our Unloader, and our Guide. That's I, there's no really acronym for that. It's, it's F-K-P-U-G. So I was going to say that doesn't really sound that great if you put them together. I nearly did it too. <laughs> Understanding is knowing. <laughs> Let's just pray. <laughs> Father, most of us of the time, we don't know what we're doing. Most of the time, God, we don't know what we're doing. We struggle and fight within ourselves and others in an attempt to find satisfaction in what is pleasing to us. God, I'm going to ask something for all of us right now that we learn how to focus on pleasing you and you only. Help us to do good things for other people and get to know who you really are. See how that can totally change our lives. God, Dad, Father, we need all the help you can give us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.